Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. The Bible is the greatest love story on earth. There is no love story like the story of God's love for us. And in the Bible, there's one book that stands out above all others as a book primarily just about love. And that, my friends, is the book of Song of Solomon. You remember that Solomon wrote three books. He wrote Ecclesiastes, he wrote Proverbs, and he wrote Song of Solomon. And most people believe that he wrote Song of Solomon when he was young and in love. He writes about love. He wrote Proverbs at the height of his power and reign. He wrote about wisdom. Then he wrote Ecclesiastes as an old man to talk about the folly of departing from that wisdom. I tell you, we live in an Ecclesiastes world, but I want to keep a Song of Solomon heart. How about you? Though there's lots of, of evil around us and emptiness around us, I want to keep a heart filled with the love of God, filled with love for God, and filled and overflowing with the love of God for other people. The Song of Solomon is the opposite of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes shows a man with an empty heart, but Song of Solomon shows a man with a full heart. As someone said that Ecclesiastes teaches us about the human intellect, about the mind and thought, but Song of Solomon teaches us about human emotion. And may I tell you, when God moves on the heart, there's nothing like it. And there's nothing more wonderful than the love of God. You remember that Solomon wrote nearly a thousand songs. He wrote a great host of songs. And yet, this one is called in Song of Solomon 1-1, the Song of Songs. Now, why would this be the Song of Songs? Because it's on the subject of all subjects. It's on the greatest thing ever discussed. What is that? The love of God. Remember, the one thing that's going to last forever is God's love because God is love. The greatest of these is charity. By this shall all men know you're my disciples when you have love one for another. You see, when you come to Song of Solomon, you're standing on holy ground. You're standing on sacred ground. And it must not be approached lightly. Oh no, my friend, when you're journeying through Song of Solomon, you're dealing with very intimate subjects. As a matter of fact, the theme of the entire book is twofold. It's on marital and spiritual intimacy. In other words, Song of Solomon reveals for us the beautiful intimacy and oneness that God intends for a man and a woman to enjoy. And so, we're introduced to the bride, we're introduced to the bridegroom. We see how he woos her and draws her, how she falls in love with him, uh, how the two of them come together and become one. It's beautiful as it relates to marital intimacy. And married couples should study it because there's so many beautiful aspects to married love. But I would remind you there's a great spiritual truth in Song of Solomon because every human relationship that God ordains is simply to be a reflection of a spiritual relationship, a spiritual reality. And so the great love in Song of Solomon is not just the love of a man for a woman, it's the love of our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, for His bride, the church. And then our response to that love, us loving Him, in response to it. We love Him because He first loved us. Some people have suggested that Song of Solomon is a human love song. Oh, it's more than that. It's a divine love song. 
It is a song about the love of God. And there is no love like that love. As a matter of fact, if you go back and read and study, you'll find that the old Jews believed that this book was not only a book of poetry, they believed it was a book of prophecy. As a matter of fact, the Jewish community called the book of Song of Solomon, and listen to this title, it's long, The Songs and Hymns Which Solomon, the prophet king of Israel, delivered by the spirit of prophecy before Jehovah, the Lord of the whole earth. I'm glad I don't have to remember that whole title when I say turn to this book, aren't you? And yet, did you catch it? He's the prophet king of Israel. He delivered it by the spirit of prophecy. They believe this book which is, was as much prophecy as it was poetry. And I believe they're right. You see, in chapter 2, verse 1, we're introduced to, to the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Chapter 5, we're introduced to the chiefest of 10,000, to the altogether lovely one. Who is this? Oh, this is Jesus. This is our heavenly bridegroom. It's the one that we're connected to. It's the one that we're married to if we know the Lord as our personal Savior. It's the one we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb with someday. And so when you read Song of Solomon, you must read it with a sanctified mind. It's a book of union and communion. God wants union with me. As surely as married people are united, they're made one. Well, Christ wants to be one with us. That happens at the moment of salvation. It's a loving union. It's a living union. It's a lasting union. But then He wants more than just mere union. He wants communion. He wants fellowship. May I ask you, are you saved? Do you have union with Christ? Are you one with Christ? And if you say yes, then let's go further. When was the last time you had real fellowship with Him? When was the last time you communed with Him? You see, He wants you to enjoy Him and He wants to enjoy you. That's the thing about two lovers. They find mutual satisfaction in one another. This is an amazing thought to me to think that God in His grace through the blood of Jesus could find any satisfaction in my worship and my fellowship. That is profound, my friend. Because you see, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be brought into such fellowship. And yet that's exactly what happens in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me point out one verse. Now there's so many wonderful verses, it'd be easy to get bogged down. But let me give you one verse that unlocks the book. Song of Solomon chapter 6 and verse 3 says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. This is the testimony of the bride. This is the woman speaking about the one who's captured her heart, who's won her love. It's our testimony concerning Jesus. Let me read it again. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Isn't that beautiful? The key word of the book is the word beloved. It's found 23 times in this book. It refers to both the man and the woman, both the bride and the bridegroom. Thank God, I am both possessing and being possessed. I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. He loves me with an everlasting love. Friend, He could never love you any more and He will never love you any less. There was never a time He started loving you and there'll never be a day He stops loving you. He loves you. But my friend, He wants you to love Him in return. He wants to enter into relationship and fellowship with you. So as you journey through Song of Solomon, it's quite a progression of love. Love is expressed in the opening chapter, chapter 1. When you come to chapter 2, love is enlarged. When you come to chapter 3, love is enjoyed. And you see that enjoyment through chapter 4 and chapter 5. There's a continual discourse back and forth. Friend, God wants that with you today. 
He wants to speak to you and He wants to hear your voice. He wants to commune. And then when you come to chapter 5 and chapter 6, love is entreated. The bridegroom comes knocking, wanting closer fellowship. And she delays. And she pushes him away. Oh, may I caution you, don't do that today. When you come to the end of the book, the lasting picture of Song of Solomon, love endures in chapter 7 and chapter 8. Even when she fails him, his love for her has not changed. Thank God, even when I fail the Lord, his love for me endures. The Song of Solomon, my friend, will help you in your marriage, but more than that, it will help you in your own personal walk with Jesus Christ. Love Him today with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all of your strength, because He first loved you. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible? the facts, the people, the places. But instead, the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.